Three, three, two, two, one. It's time for the show. Action. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences past and present of everyday people. And now, here's your host, the one and only, Asher, Asher Chua. Mr. Hicks, who do you say you are? I am a, first of all, um, I'm a child of God. And second, you know, I'm a a father, a husband, friend, uh, accountability partner, and uh, business partner, trying to help as many people as I can and uh, serve as many people as I can along the way. You know, always trying to bring somebody up. You know, one of my verses I always say to myself every morning is, you know, Lord, give me the strength to have positive words coming out of my mouth to encourage somebody to get through their day. Mm. I get through my day, but to get through their day so that he allows me to be free and open. And like Jeremy Camp, I like Jeremy Camp's song. He says, you know, keep me in the moment, Mm. keep me in the moment. And so um, that's who I am. Nice. And what's what's your hat? What's your uh, your background in? Uh, what kind of where did you grow up? I, you know, I'm a military. I'm a military kid, and so you know, we grew up, you know, several different bases in the United States. Spent uh, six years in Japan, mm-hmm. growing up, and you know, that was where my elementary years up until eleven. We moved back here, you know, to Nebraska from Japan, and so. The, my background is, uh, you know, I got a lot to see a whole lot growing up. And so my experiences, you know, are probably the same for some people if you're a military kid and mm-hmm. different from other people who lived in the same area all their lives. And so, mm-hmm. you know, those type of things I always used to think was, man, that, you know, doesn't even sound fun. You know, <laughs> we got so used to moving around. It was kind of, you know, kind of nice and stuff. And so, you know, um, as far as my, my schooling and everything, I went to a small college in Texas, mm. um, East Texas State. I went there for college for personnel and human resource management. You know, when I got out of college, moved back home to Nebraska and, you know, really couldn't find an opportunity that, uh, you know, was going to suffice and pay my bills. And so that's how I ended up. One of my best friend's dad, who was a retired colonel, in the military, he was doing part-time selling cars. Okay. And I didn't even know you could make money selling cars. You know, I just thought, you know, you went in there and you bought it. And um, I didn't know they needed <laughs> salespeople, you know. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so he, he, he told me, he said, I think you might be good. You might just go, you know, check and see what you come up with. And and that that's kind of how, you know, my story got started in the auto industry was that it um, by chance mm. and by, you know, necessity. Right. And that's what's going to be happening to a lot of the individuals coming out of college now. What you think is going to happen may not happen. And so right. you need right. to broaden your mindset. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we move further along too. Got you. So now you have um, your company, Avery Hicks and Associates. What mm-hmm. do you, what do you do? What does that company do? We, what we do, we have sales training programs for individuals mm-hmm. and we do sales leadership programs and sales training programs for corporations. And mm-hmm. so basically depending upon what the need is, let's say if you're an individual and you are just getting into sales industry. Well, there's a different type of sales training for that because you need to be go down A through Z. If you're in the industry and you're struggling Mm -hmm. in certain areas, then we craft a a course or curriculum around where you're struggling because you don't need everything. You just need this one piece of the pie. And then for companies, when we visit with them, we, you know, find out one, what's, what's, what's the priority here? 
Are mm-hmm. we getting them emotionally involved? We, are we, do they need motivation? Do they need inspiration? Or do they need some concrete overcoming objections? Do they need some um, word tracks on how to overcome um, issues that the customer may have? So everybody's at a different level. And that's the thing that we like about us is that we just don't have one cookie cutter program for everybody. Mm, because okay. what typically happens when you have a cookie cutter program for everybody, the individual will only go look at what he or she needs. And then mm-hmm. the rest of it doesn't matter to them. Well, they start to think that they wasted money. Right. They start to think, well, I didn't need all of that. I just need this piece of the pie here. And so I like the way we handle it because I think it gives the consumer the idea that we're going to train you on specifically what you called us for. And Mm -hmm. so I like that. And, you know, our our catering kind of, you know, our mission is to educate and inspire the next generation of sales leaders. Now, obviously, those sales leaders are coming through colleges and coming out of high school that don't want to go to college. And we want to give them the same tools that I was given Mm -hmm. so that they could be successful a lot quicker than I was because as I was looking for these opportunities, the first thing they would ask, well, do you have any sales training? And I didn't, so you didn't get hired. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure we eliminate that and give this next generation of sales leaders more opportunities by already having the tools ready to go when they get their degree. Right. So what's one of the, these tools that you might use and how is it that you're able to um, personalize the training to where it's not just this is the training. If it doesn't fit you, it doesn't fit you. I think the number one tool that we give to individuals that I think probably sets the tone for who they're going to be is what's called the DISC assessment. Okay. The DISC assessment is a four quadrant assessment on behaviors. Mm -hmm. And each one of those, the D, the I, the S, and the C, D stands for dominant individuals or dominant characteristics. I stands for influencer type characteristics, behaviors. S stands for steadiness type behaviors. And then C stands for compliance type behaviors. Each one of us were in all four of those same quadrants but one's going to be high and one's going to be low. And the higher the quadrant is, the higher, whether it's a D, the I, the S or C, that's how you like to communicate. Keep in mind, sales is just a two-way conversation about a product. Mm. So obviously communicating effectively with your consumer is very important. So for salespeople or people getting into the sales industry, the issue is they're not sure of their communication style. And so what we find out, and I was guilty of this as a manager, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is when I hired a salesperson, I would put a salesperson with another salesperson and have him help train. The issue was how the other salesperson communicated was different than the salesperson that right. he was training. And the salesperson felt that, oh, I need to be, do like that. I need to be like that individual. Right. Well, if it's not natural to you, it's going to come across, use the term phony, to mm-hmm. the consumer. And therefore you may end up losing the opportunity of that sale quickly because of the fact that you have not paid attention to how they want to be communicated to. And so for salespeople getting in the industry, I think the number one thing is to find out what your communication style is because your number one communication style is going to influence your selling style. 
Mm, there lies the issue. It's that, you know, that old, that old saying, you know, be like Mike, where everybody mm-hmm. wanted to be like Mike, but only Mike could be like Mike. Right. And for those who tried to be like Mike, they were not successful because they're trying to operate in micro skills and you couldn't operate Mike skills. So mm-hmm. I think for salespeople getting in the industry, it's important to do a disc assessment as well as sales managers so that they right. understand how to train, mm-hmm. Okay. how to train the, their salespeople because the DISC assessment was created by uh, Dr. Marston in 1920, in the 1920s. And the DISC assessment has been around since then, but various organizations utilizes it for different things. Right. There's an athletic DISC assessment. There's teacher's DISC assessment. I utilize the sales, the DISC assessment to help salespeople find out who they are. Mm, Self-awareness. Okay. This is how you want to communicate. I learned the hard way. Trying to be like somebody else actually right. cost me a job opportunity because I was being, I wasn't being natural. Right. You weren't being you. Yeah, okay, I wasn't being me. And so the DISC assessment is real important. I put it at the top of the list for new salespeople or even salespeople who are struggling because sometimes they think it's the process. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they think it's the product. But right. the reality of it is, is that the consumer doesn't believe what's coming out of their mouths because they're trying to be like somebody else. Right. Just be authentic. Be, be right. who you are. Not everybody's going to like you, but at least right. you're being natural. I think I heard somebody say it's the it's not the song. It's the the song in your voice or the, the song in your heart and how you sing it. Because otherwise, yeah. if, if you're trying to sing off key or just sing to something that doesn't fill up your heart, then it, it really doesn't impact the person that's listening. Yeah, because when you communicate well, mm-hmm. you typically listen well too. And so what happens is once you identify your communication style, now keep in mind, we said there's four quadrants. So there's three quadrants that doesn't really flow with your communication style. Now you right. will have to learn that I do have to adapt to match up to the other three. Cause mm-hmm. the other three, they're going to think I'm talking foreign language. Right. Because I'm talking, you know, I'm only talking to 25% of the people that really understand me. Mm-hmm. The other 75%, I'm going to have to adapt my style to them and not make them adapt their language style to me. Right. Cause customers I'm working for the customer. The customer's not working for me. Right. So I would think that's the number one thing that I would do with a salesperson that I didn't do near as much when I was in my sales training at the dealerships. Right. That's that's a great point. It almost sounds like a um, an add an addition to how to win friends and influence people because that that's one of the yeah. key points they mention in there is um, you have to create win win situations where the other yes. person can get something out of it because if they just feel like oh here comes this uh, used car salesman that's that's the typical thought people yes, think right. when they think that's about right. sales and car they're like. Here comes this person. They're yes. going to try to like sell me a hoopty or something. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want that. But and even with that, I think we we spoke before and you you had already before you saw the disc, the categories of the customers. Yes. But now knowing who you are as a person, you can pair up who you are with that customer and that clientele. So if I may ask you this question, who yeah. is it that you work with and how do they get in touch with you? Okay. We typically, like I said, we work with with everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, but we specialize in helping the next generation of sales leaders. So we typically look at the college, the college student today, Okay. because statistics says right now we're speaking about today, 50 to 65 percent of business degrees are going to go into the sales industry. Mm. If you have a marketing degree, that's 75 to 80 percent are going into a sales, your first job. Right. 
So imagine if you're a freshman or a sophomore right now, what that statistic could look like in two, three years when you get your degree. Mm, okay. So the opportunity to get prepared, you know, we we, we have a saying, yeah, the level of your preparation will, mm -hmm. de will determine the level of your success. Right. So waiting until the last minute to realize that I should have done something and got some extra training when I'm sitting in front of the interviewer is not going to work. I have friends that are in the staffing industry and they always highlight two things that companies are looking for today. One, how do you communicate? And two, how do you maintain self-control when it gets pressure on you? Got they want to know how you can deal with pressure today and how to communicate. And so what we want to do is let's get started early. Let's mm -hmm. take a look at what your curriculum is that you're going through college. Right. Let's put it, let's, let's craft a program together that's going to help you get the skills that you need so that you just, you, you just put more tools in the toolbox. Right. Because your 4.0, your, your Sigma cum laude's, your all those other fancy names when you're sitting down for the interview don't matter right. because I've got a thousand of these people in here. So what's going to be different? Okay. The skills that helped me and the number one thing in sales or in any communication is being able to deal with people. Right. And that's the number one thing. So, so we like to work with them, but yes, you know, if somebody wants to get a hold of us, mm -hmm. you know, they can go to uh, the website, which is averyhicks.com. Okay. You can go to the contact section and it'll ask you if you're interested in sales assessment, you're interested in sales training, leadership training, click the box, put your information in there. It'll come back to one of our associates. We'll get involved. We'll get in touch with you. We want to hear your story about what you're trying to do and where you're trying to get to so that we can make sure that we can help you. We believe we can. But we want to hear what you need from us so that we can craft a program specifically for you. But the very first thing we want to do is have you take an assessment so that we can understand how you want to be communicated to, how you want to be trained and everything of that nature. The other way, you could go to 405-295-4022. You can leave your name, leave a number, and one of our associates will follow up with you on there. You can leave a text if you want to. We want to get involved now so that we can help you be successful later. Because success is a choice. Make the right choice. Awesome. Well, I hope they get in touch with you. And that was um, that was great. I I also gained something from that interaction. Well, good. Yeah, I, we think it's a it's a plus, and it's um, you know we just got to get the word out. You know, we got to, we really got to get the word out. And I think um, you know our goal here. You know, I know on my end, like you were talking last night about um, getting on videos and and being and um, being proactive. You know, one of the one of the four things I always talk about that makes a successful uh, salesperson the number one thing is being proactive, mm. getting out there, making it happen. Don't wait on anything, taking action. You know, it's it it just keeps coming back around. Right, it right. Keeps coming, it just keeps coming back around. But each one of us look at it differently based upon our style. And that's the thing that, you know, has to be overcome. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Looking forward. Awesome. Looking forward to it. And, you know, we'll put it up there and see if we get people to call us. Yeah, I think you, you did very well. I mean, your your polish, you, your practice. I mean, that's your that's your salesmanships coming through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think but I mean, it, and also, I guess it probably doesn't even like it seems rehearsed, but I can tell that it only seems rehearsed like through your practice like you 
you um, doing it every day, like in yeah. your profession. And that, that yes. shows like the um, the professionalism and how you're able to calmly and steadily explain it without yeah. going over here. Like I, I already had in my mind, I was like, oh, is the saying get your ready on? Because it's like that. that's that's the thing. I'm just like, yeah, I, I got my mindset right this morning. But it's like, no, just let him figure it out. Back up and just calm yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it all ends at the same place. Right. You know, it, it, it all, if I was doing a, uh, you know, a speaking or something of that nature, you mm -hmm. know, get your radio on, don't get thrown in there gotcha. because it ends up about preparing your mind to take action. Right. And right now, if you're in, if you're in, in school and, you know, and my son, he, he got his master's and bachelor's and stuff. And I asked him, he said, that ain't showing nothing about no sales. And it's, you get these young folks out there in the real world and, yeah. and um, their first gig is selling. And, mm -hmm. and it's selling, first of all, brings fear to people because the very first thing they think of, they think of the autom automobile industry sales. Mm. But the reality of it is there's several different types of sales. You know, yes, the the auto industry, mortgage industry um, type uh, roofing industry. Yeah, there's a there's money is, is negotiable right. in that. So that's where the fear comes. Money is negotiable. But there are sales jobs where you're selling information. You know, if you're in the pharmaceutical stage, mm -hmm. you, you're selling information to a doctor. He's not paying you anything. All you're hoping for is that six months down the road that he writes a order for your product. Mm -hmm. And so there's no, there's no, no numbers, but information. So who's going to be real good at giving another person information, right? Probably a high C, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So when you're looking at building your team, I, I need somebody that's good, that likes a lot of information mm -hmm. and will give a lot of information. Right. And if you're inside sales, you know, and it's not a whole lot about negotiation, it's about you being able to converse over the phone, how well your product is. And so there's different, the sales industry is complex because right. there's a lot of ways you can go and be real successful. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, when you think of sales, the first thing people think about is the auto industry and oh, I don't want to do that. But I mean, I guess, what is it? The I guess the auto industry, it's like, it's like you said, it's a type of sale, but even in, in relationships, it's like you're selling whenever you're having a conversation. It's like you're presenting yourself yes. with the thought of, okay, I want to be accepted. And I think yes. to your point, another piece of reject, I think a lot of people don't like sales because of the possibility of that. No, the rejection right. to be like, rejection. well, what if they say no? And, I, and the thing that helps get over the hump a lot of times is that, well, right now it's, it is no, because you mm -hmm. haven't asked. And if you don't right. ask it, it's going to stay no. That's but right. until you develop your speech and you present your case, you'll never know. And then That's even right. if you get the no, the more no's you get, I think they say the closer it gets you to getting a yes. But yeah. along the way, if you get a thousand no's, you might have to think, okay, am I am I asking something wrong? Am I asking the wrong questions? Am I talking to the yeah. wrong people? And that's where the disc comes in to say, yes. here's where you are. And here are the types of people that you're going to interact with. You're going to see people that are driving, that are demanding. Mm. They don't have a lot of time. So you need to get to the point. That's right. And then that's other right. people, they, they want to build a relationship. They want to be able to, to socialize with you. They want to be able to say, okay, like, are you just in this for the money? It's like, I'm sure, you know, if people yeah. in relationships where they're just like, <laughs> if you're talking with an eye, they're not the hit it and quit it type. They're like, you yeah. got to stick around for a minute. <laughs> yeah. so it's like, you got to be 
consider it in that fact and then other people like the yeses they probably want to know it's like well are you do you really care about me or are you just trying to sell me a product it's like is there going to be a relationship attached to this or is it just i need this to do a and hey i'm Mm -hmm. cool with that but if i'm just meeting somebody that i don't know maybe i want to build a relationship to later on just be like hey i also have something that I want to sell, but I think you could benefit from and yes. from that interaction. And of course, you have the C's that they just need to know what are you selling and yeah. what's it going to do for me? Like, it's, it's, if, you can, exactly. if you can't tell me that, don't come in here telling me stories about this <laughs> yeah. and and yeah. that. Like, if yeah. you don't have evidence about That's right. how good it is, then I don't want to hear the it. statistics. And, and then I still need to do my research right. on what you just told me just to make sure. But it, it just it goes back to especially for this obviously this generation and the, maybe the millennials and stuff, those who have utilized phones for 70, 80% of their conversations, mm-hmm. there's going to be, there's going to be a struggle effect when they get to their, their, their destination, because one, you won't be able to just look at your phone all day at work. Right. And so, you know, that's going to, that's going to have some of them, you know, a little bit uh, unnerved, mm-hmm. but two, you have to have a conversation. And that's why I say about sales, we used to call it conversational sales. Mm-hmm. We didn't call it sales pitches or anything. You need to have a conversation sales about a product with a customer. Right. However long it takes, that's what you need to do or however, however short it needs to be, but it needs to be a, a genuine conversation because sales pitches and stuff, to me, sound like you, one, you're trying to core somebody into doing something that they don't really want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm having a conversation with you and we're going back and forth and you're telling me why it works and why it doesn't work. And I can accommodate what you're trying to do. Sooner mm-hmm. or later, we realize because the price is already on the product. Right. You know, outside the car industry, the price is on the product. So we, we're not talking about prices. Just does it make does it handle what Asher came in here to take care of? Right. And if it does, then obviously, you know, Asher may say, hey, you know, I want to go look around, mm-hmm. but most of us were like, well, I ain't got time. This looks like it does what I need to do. Let's go. Right. You see what I'm saying? But most of the time we make it difficult by not really understanding what the consumer is trying to do, mm-hmm. thinking that we know. And I've, I've been there when I first started, you know, I wasn't listening to anybody. I was, you know, I was doing what the other guys was doing that looked successful. That's mm-hmm. why I was doing. I thought that's how you sold. But it didn't come to find out that didn't work for me and I didn't feel good. And I was tired doing it their way running around right. the, the lot and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great industry. And if, and if most of the business degrees and marketing degrees, those people aspire to be entrepreneurs. Right. So your number one thing being an entrepreneur is to sell yourself and your business. Right. You, you can't have somebody, you can't have anybody do that for you. You have to do that. <laughs> if right. you don't do right. anything else in the company, you got to go sell your company. Right. And, uh, and so for a lot of them that are, that, that I've talked to before, they hadn't even thought that far. Mm. Yeah. I want to be an entrepreneur. Then that means you got to sell your business. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Because I, the big, the, uh, the big attraction with entrepreneurship is that you're your own boss. Yes. But what a lot of people don't understand is that when you're working for another company, that company's put in the groundwork, the people that are on the board that are yes. managing and things good or bad, somebody else had to come before and establish that this yes. is our vision. This is our mission. Here's the people we serve. Here's how we're going to give them 
what here's what we're going to provide here's yeah. where we want to go how we're going to get there who we're going to bring that's how they go into recruiting you yes right and they build the teams they build the systems and that's how they've also built a report in their communities and yeah. they become corporations by building a name that people know like and trust yes. and that really makes it that that thing because a, a lot of times i guess um i kept i joined groups with people that are um entrepreneurial minded or just people yeah. that are about bettering their mindset and the thing that i notice is that a lot of people that i've interviewed and people that i've met like yourself they they've had an entrepreneurial journey but um i've run into or maybe overheard a group out of that who's um i don't know if i'd say jaded is the word but since it's the first word that comes to mind that might yeah, be the okay. thing but they're very they had a, a bad experience working in corporate yes meaning that they were working for someone else they had to clock in nine to five and it's just mm -hmm. like i didn't like that yeah. i couldn't get along with these people and i think that also points back to the disc because yeah that that might not be the environment but sometimes it's like you have to start somewhere that's right build yourself up develop your ideas develop your brand develop mm. who it is that you can help and what it is that you can offer them and then once you've developed that you get a team and you can establish that you can create your own yes. but when um if you just sit around and you just say i don't like this i don't like that but you don't do anything about it that's tangible measurable yeah. and you can see it the marks that you're making yeah. then it it makes it to where you get the power kind of back into your hands to where it's like yeah you you are the boss of you because you're mm -hmm. making moves you're making connections you're making sales you're building relationships you're not only selling the product but you're really governing your business you're governing yourself and you have control of what it is that you do like i think um of course being in 2021 yes. everybody saw the effects of of covid it, it hit yes. everybody it hit every company and it's some have bounced back better than others and yes. thankfully for us here being able to talk being able to listen to yes. this is like we still have an opportunity to move forward That's and right. something like this training really would will shape that not only um what it is that you can do as an outcome but yes. what your belief is at the start to say yes. here's the way forward yes. and let's let's not dwell in the past it's like what right. happens happen but yes. since we're still here we can do something about it starting with understanding ourselves yes right being being proactive is probably the, the toughest thing for an entrepreneur or anybody who has that uh, that uh, mindset that they you know want to be free of all the corporate type stuff. And so, but it's hard sometimes to be proactive when you're in a group setting or you're working for a corporation because somebody might pick the slack up, you know? And so it may, it may not, uh, when you're working on a project, you got a team of people working on a project. So somebody right. might pick up the extra slack, but when you're an entrepreneur and, and you know, there ain't nobody there to pick the slack up. And so you have to create that, you know, that, 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 that hunt that, you know, for salespeople, we're always looking for the next one, mm -hmm. you know, we we're always thinking about, okay, how do I get to the next one? You know, and th there was a philosophy kind of when customers went back to the box and they signed all their paperwork and everything that the, the salesperson would, you know, wait for them to come out and stuff. And I would, mm -hmm. but I would wait, I'd be outside waiting for them because just in case somebody else came out there that wanted to buy a car, I wanted mm -hmm. to be, because this one's done. Right. I'm thinking about the next one. And mm -hmm. that's that mentality that you're never 
You're never satisfied with what you, and that's sometimes the problem with entrepreneurs. We're, we're never satisfied with the small wins because we're always looking for the next win. Right. And we never take time out to enjoy that win because we look for the next one. And so I would always say, enjoy it. Right. Enjoy the wins, small as they might be. Enjoy yeah. the wins. And because it's tough. Right. It's tough. And so, but yeah, it's good stuff. I think, uh, you know, um, hopefully, you know, we'll get uh, some opportunities to, to keep branching out and letting this letting this new group of individuals that's coming up. Because mm -hmm. one thing I'm finding out from a master, they, they want to learn. They, they right. want to be trained, but they have to be trained different than the way I was brought up in training and stuff of that nature. They just right. they have a different aspect of how training looks for them and right. they don't want it to be boring. And, you know, they don't want to sit somewhere for eight hours and, right. and just talk at them. Right. <laughs> Yeah. I heard somebody this morning say, um, anything that you've learned that you've seen about business that was written pre-1980s, you probably want to throw that away and deal with stuff that's been done in the new age. Because it's like yeah. you're talking, the people that need the training, they need to be talked to in their language. That's right. they, need to, they need to be approached with things that are tangible and meaningful. Not to say that there isn't anything um, tangible about the classics and principles that don't yeah. change over time, but... The presentation of them need to be to the point and to really highlight what it is that that they're asking for. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and you're exactly right. I can remember early, you know, in the late 80s and my owner came up to me and we we're standing on showroom floor. And, and at that time, I'm a salesperson. Mm -hmm. And he asked me and he says, he says, you know, Hicks, if I wasn't doing any advertising, how would you survive? And, you know, and I looked at him, I couldn't quite understand what he was saying. And he says, I know you're relying on me to bring in traffic, but what happens if I don't bring any traffic? How are you going to survive? What are you doing to grow your business? So during that time, the Internet wasn't present. So, you right. know, I'm in the phone books. You know, I joined the Chamber of Commerce, stuff of that nature. And so but today, salesperson, he or she can get on Facebook and create a Facebook page, put the dealership's cars on the face on their personal Facebook page and, the, and treat it just like their own business. Mm -hmm. And customers can go to their Facebook page and, and, and get the introduction of the car and come on in. There's so many different ways that salespeople can be way more successful than ever, but right. they don't utilize the tools. Right. And so I always tell them, you know, I'll bring them a, a yellow book. I say, you can have the yellow book or you can have the Internet. Which one do you want? <laughs> well, I want the Internet. Well, of course. Right. <laughs> but a that's lot of what people we... are probably wondering, what's a yellow book? <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, that's what that's what I had. And I was successful with it because that's what our times gave us was that. Right. Your times has given you the Internet, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram. YouTube and all those other places to generate leads and generate right. business for yourself. And you tell me you don't have anything to do. You're not being proactive. Hmm. You, you really need to think about what you're trying to do and accomplish. Right. And right. So, but yeah, it's out there. It's yeah. out there. Yeah. One, one thing I wanted to share with you whenever you were talking about uh, things that are in the past, I, I know working in constructions or, or working in construction or for anyone that's ever had to watch a safety video going to a plant <laughs> or some facility, it's like they still have, they shot one video in the mid 1980s and it never got updated. You go in there, you watch that thing for 15, 30 minutes. And yeah. the challenge that they give you is don't fall asleep because they already know that it's bad. So it's like, it needs to be revamped. So training, I'm, it's uh, if you've been involved in some training before, 
you know, some of them you're like, wow, okay. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't spend my money. The company spent the money. Right. But because the reality of it is you're only going to, you know, 10, 15% of it. They yeah. say that you remember. And so, you know, you better get your highlights in early. Right. Later it or is. Or somebody goes up and they make the mis they're going to do a PowerPoint slide and then they make the mistake of putting a number of slides there. And it's like a hundred and something or over, over even 40 or 20. It's like, uh, -uh we're not doing this. And then also it's like, if you haven't prepared to do the public speaking to like, yeah. if you, if you didn't prepare and you just thought you were going to wing it. Yeah. And if you're not one of those charismatic people that can like hit the points and you know what you're yeah. talking about, it's like, but on that same note, seeing something yeah. that's um, upgraded and something where people put a good effort into it. Um, I, I switched. <laughs> this isn't a promotion, I promise. But <laughs> last year I had my insurance with Geico. And of course, uh -huh. you know how they do the you like 15 minutes with them. Yeah. Save you. So yeah. it's like part of how you get the discount is getting um, is doing a defensive driving course. Usually oh. it's like um, people will do it or they know about defensive driving when they've got a, a DUI or they've been in, in okay. trouble in some kind. But whenever you signed up with Geico, they encourage you to do it as a way to make you a safer driver. And with okay. that, they reduce your rate because they're like, okay, you've gone through this training and that makes you a safer driver. And I don't think it's them that host it. I think it's like improv.com because they put comedy okay. into it and they okay. have these cartoons and things. They have little clips where it's like some yeah. of it might be cheesy, but yeah. for something that's like defensive driving like you think dmv like yeah if you're going to the dmv you're you already expecting to stay in line for yeah. hours. <laughs> hours but to see something that's tied to driving where yeah. it's interactive you can play it you do one yeah. at a time they're like 10 minute five minute segments you answer the questions and you go through it reviews it it's that's something right. that's been upgraded to today like to the yeah. 21st century to where to the 2021 like this year to where you feel like it's not or at least i felt like it wasn't a waste of time maybe sure. it's because i was just cheery and giddy and i was like yes. hey look at this and i was thinking like <laughs> ideas of like oh maybe i could do something like that for the podcast in the future like do um cartoon graphics or yeah, something yeah. of that sort but just seeing the effort they'd put into it versus another uh -huh. training that i'd done yes. where it seemed like the effort wasn't there like the person that made it originally they put in the effort yes and it may have been good for the time but nobody had worked on it since then that's one of the, the probably it's in the it's in the top two or three that most people who buy courses never finish them. Mm. And it's because they get too, um, too long, too tedious. And then mm. more importantly, like I said, it, it, it doesn't match up to what they need. They only needed this slice of the pie. Right. And you gave them the whole pie, but they got to eat the whole pie to get to the portion that they want. Right. And, you know, they're frustrated because we're, we're in the process of thinking about a course ourselves and mm -hmm. you know i'm trying in my mind okay keep it like four modules five to eight minutes or ten minutes mm -hmm. you know you're hitting the points you know and you get in and get out right you know some people don't need uh, all the fluff and puff because you know the d's just give me the baby mm -hmm. you know the eyes don't hang around for the old thing the, the s's you know we'll watch it all because we ain't yeah. got nothing else to do that day <laughs> and the c's if it ain't informative and really answering questions that they off of it so right you know i think keeping it short kind of helps everybody <laughs> yeah it's funny when we're sitting here talking about pies and babies i was like mardi gras coming up 
in um in New Orleans. So yeah. people will be getting the the king cake. <laughs> oh good, yeah, exactly. I don't know if they're going. You think they're going to actually have it? Um, well, I mean, they I'm didn't sure. have it last year, did they? Well, they I mean, maybe they won't have the uh, the parades and things, but just like living there for a year yes. and just seeing like the traditions that people yes. keep, I'm sure like they'll still bake the cakes yes. and people buy yes. them and like at least share it within within families because yes. at least my take on Louisiana, whenever I, I remember the best parts of it is just like the, it seems like as much as they've gone through, yes. they still manage to find celebration. Yes. Like just that's, that's if I could describe, well, if I could describe the parts of Louisiana I've been to, which is New Orleans, yeah. uh, St. James, Donaldsonville, and Lake mm-hmm. Charles. It's like there's this, a sense of uh, celebration there that people enjoy. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's this, you know, difficult times and how you handle it is uh, it's going to be a indicator on, on how you're going to handle the next one. Right. There will be a next one, you know, hopefully not near what we've been having. But yeah. this life, that's why, you know, this this life game, you know, it's uh, I mean, when I left home, my father said, hey, if you ain't ready for the world, it'll kick mm-hmm. you in your butt, send you right back home. I was like, wow. OK, that's 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 what I need to know when I'm headed out. Right. <laughs> I was in Dallas two weeks and got mugged. <laughs> I thought, OK, this is this is this this is the real world. Here we go. You know what right. I'm saying? So, but yeah, that's bad. It's like it's almost like you just wish that on you. <laughs> I was like, geez. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things, how it goes. So, but uh, right. well, hey, I appreciate it today. 